0: Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive, dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth-yet-spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at MyChurchLife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for the Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. All right, we're starting this new series called Speak To It. Speak To It. So if you have your Bible or if you have a way to get to Scripture, turn over to the book of James chapter 3 and uh, we'll get there in just a few moments. Not, Not just yet, but we'll be over there in a few moments. And this is a subject that you've heard about. You've Um, heard it preached. You've probably taught on it, many of you, about the power of your words, power of what we speak. But how many know that we need to be reminded constantly on the power of our words? And if you don't, I know I do because I know I've read it in scripture. I've heard Uh, I've heard messages about it Uh, my wife has talked about it friends have talked about it and yet still every day it seems like I find myself saying something that doesn't line up with scripture and it's very important the, the, the words that we speak our words have enormous power they have enormous power and I know you know that but they have power to wound or to heal They have power to encourage or discourage, to speak truth or to speak lies. They can deceive. Our words can praise or criticize. Our words can build up or tear down. And you know, uh, the person we build up and tear down the most is ourselves. You know, what we say about ourselves, (laughs) they can also be our key to success or the reason for our downfall. What we speak often is really what we believe because the words that come out of our mouth are usually what's really in our heart. And so really that's where it starts. But we have to be cognizant. We have to be uh, aware of the words that come out of our mouth. Considering the power of our words, what we speak about ourselves, uh, we, we must learn to discipline ourselves. How many know it's going to take some discipline in order to change our vocabulary and change what we speak? And so the reason why I titled this message series Speak to It is because one of the things that I noticed in going through Scripture, I noticed when people need to be delivered Or when someone has an illness and uh, they need to be healed. Or there's some situation, like someone ran out of wine at their wedding. One of the things that I noticed about Jesus is Jesus had a prayer life. He absolutely went away to pray, didn't he? He went away into the mountain. He went away to be by himself. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, before the cross, Jesus took time to pray, knowing that that mountain was before him. But when something needed to be changed, whether it was in the atmosphere or whether it was physical, Jesus spoke to it. He spoke to it. He told people to do something. If you remember the fig tree, remember he was going to Jerusalem with his disciples and the time of the cross was coming and it was just days away, even hours away. He was going there to have the last Passover. He was hungry and he looked at a fig tree and to curse the fig tree. He didn't go away to pray and say, Lord, Father, will you please curse this fig tree? What did he do? He spoke to it. He spoke to it. And I think we miss that sometimes. We pray and beg and cry. And and as you know, I've said it often. There is nothing wrong with tears, but tears are not for God. Tears are for us. You know, some week, a week and a half ago, uh, when uh, my brother passed away, many of you have lost people uh, over time and over the years and even recently, uh, so I know I'm not alone, but when my brother passed away suddenly and, uh, you know, our family began to weep, uh, he's in a better place, so the tears are really not for him, they're for us to make it through. And we have to realize that with God, we cry and we beg and things don't change. It's because we're not speaking to it. God says, if you would speak to it, things would change. So many people will say the first thing that comes to their mind without regard or for the significance of what they're even saying and later regret what they have spoken. Sometimes the enemy doesn't have to do anything with us. We do it ourselves because of what we speak. A wise person will weigh the consequences of what they're saying in any particular situation because words matter. And in addition, uh, the most important words are the words concerning ourselves. So I'm going to talk a lot about words that we speak to build others up, but a lot of this series is going to be what we say even about ourselves. If you look at James chapter 3, it's a familiar passage of Scripture starting in verse 1. The Bible says this, James is speaking and he says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing you today if your speech isn't correct, because I'm looking in the mirror, Okay? He goes on to say, uh, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body just from their mouth. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how a great forest, uh, how great a forest, a little fire kindles and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. He's really speaking here about our tongue. He's not holding his words, is he? The the new life version, verses 5 and 6 says, The tongue is also a small part of the body, but it can speak big things. See how a very small fire can set many trees on fire. Many trees on fire. (laughs) You know, it's amazing the amount of words that we we speak in a day. I was thinking, I was reading somewhere where a husband was reading an article and he, he read in the article that women speak... 30,000 words in a day on average and men speak about 15,000 words a day and so he told his wife this he said I'm reading this article And it says women speak 30,000 words in a day men only speak 15,000 words so she replied that's because we have to repeat everything to men and he said what'd you say <laughs> So many words we speak in a day, and they're, they're, they're important words. Multiple sources suggest that the average human speaks between 7,000 and 20,000 words. This means that each of us speak about a 50-page book every day. Believe that or not. That means 6,800-page books a year we speak come out of, that comes out of our mouth. If we said anything worth selling, we'd all be quite rich, I suppose. And it's not just the words we say now, it's the words we write in emails and on Facebook and on Twitter and on Snapchat and Instagram, even though that's mostly pictures, I know. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all of that. These words are so important. I have seen quite a number of lists of things that, uh, to think about before we speak. And the problem, the problem is, who thinks before they speak? I mean, how often do we do that? I mean, in the heat of the moment, who's going to pause and and go over the list of things that that we need to, to think about before we speak? Who does that? We have to understand, too, that our perspective matters, and not everyone has the same perspective. By the way, can I just tell you this? Some of you may receive it. Some of you may not like this, but I want to tell you this morning that the only correct perspective is God's perspective. So you may think that you have the right perspective, but there is a way that seems right unto man. Perspective matters. Your words become a reality. We have to understand that words are like seeds. You are where you are today in part because of what you've been saying about yourself over time. You will be where you will be months from now, years from now, because of what you're saying today and tomorrow about yourself. When you speak something, whether you know it or not, you're giving life to what you say, to what you say. I remember reading back in Deuteronomy, I think chapter 30, about about. Verse 19, some of you will be familiar uh, with, with the passage where God said, he said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you because I set before you life and death. And then he says, choose life that you may live and your descendants. And you may say, now, what does that have to do? Choosing life, what does that have to do with what you say? Well, let me take you to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. You know it. It says death and life, come on, talk to me, are in the power of the tongue. God said, I set death and life before you choose life. Well, how do we choose life? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that mean? Those who love it. Many of us who have been in and around church for years love to quote this scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that mean? What does it mean will eat its fruit? Well, listen to the New Life version of that same passage. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. God's word translation says, the tongue has the power of life and death, death and life. Death and life, those who love to talk will eat the consequences. And it also says those who love to talk will have to eat their own words. Whether you realize it or not, often you are prophesying your own future. Often your life will move in the direction of your words. Will move in the direction of your words. Think about all the negative things that we say about our life. I probably won't get the job. I'm not as smart as the next guy. He'll probably get it. Well, yeah, you're right. Remember what Henry Ford said. Whether you can can or you can't, whether you believe you can or you can't, and I'm going to say whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. You're exactly right. We say things like, I'll never get in shape. I keep trying, but it doesn't work for me. I'll never get any good breaks. Remember this one? Some of you, I won't call you old, some of you seasoned folks, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's from an old show called Hee Haw. Some of you don't know that one. Business is slow. I'll, I'll never make any money. The coronavirus will never go away. This is our new normal. The economy will never recover. Our marriage will never get better than it is today. It's flu season. I usually get the flu. I'll probably get it this year. There's no way I'll get the job. I'm not qualified. You know what? I'm just going for a C. C's get degrees. I'm not, I'm not trying to go for an A. I know I'm not the smartest person in the class. I, if I can just get a C, I'll be satisfied. And we don't realize that we're prophesying our own future with these words. The scripture says we will eat the fruit of our words. At some point, you're going to eat that fruit. You can't talk negative and expect to have a positive life. You can't talk defeat and expect to have victory. You can't talk, lack, and expect to have abundance. Someone once said, if you have a poor mouth, you'll have a poor life. Poor mouth equals a poor life. No, we have to change our vocabulary. And by the way, by the way, in case you don't know me, you must understand that I am definitely a person who lives in reality. Okay? I live in the spirit world because I am a spirit. And I also live in reality because this is where God placed us in the real world. So I'm a person that if my leg is hurting, I'm not going to tell you that my leg doesn't hurt. But I might not tell you that it does hurt. What I might say is I know God is a healer. God is well able to heal me. I'm not about lying about a situation, but very often all we do is speak the facts about a situation and forget about God's word. See, God would have something to say about your situation, even though you're in the midst of it. And we must know his words in order to speak those words, to speak those words, speak so many words. You can bless your life or you can curse your life. Instead of saying alcoholism is a generational curse. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. I guess I'm just doomed to be an alcoholic. Don't say that. Say, God is restoring health to my family. God is restoring my family. Come on, according to Jeremiah 30, 17. This sickness didn't come to stay. This sickness came to pass. Come on, we have to understand what to say. Instead of saying, I'll never get out of debt, say, I will be a lender and not a borrower. I know where I am right now, but I will be a lender and not a borrower, according to Deuteronomy twenty eight twelve, We need to begin to speak what God is saying. Instead of saying, I won't get that job, say, the favor of the Lord is upon me to establish the work of my hands, according to Psalm 90, 17. I know you might not be qualified, but favor works when you're not qualified. Very often you get the job because you're qualified, but what does that do? You already knew how to do that. It's so much better sometimes when God puts favor upon you and doors begin to open. You get grace And things come to you that you don't deserve. And what it should do is cause you to want to bless other people. This scripture, James 3.10, says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. With our tongue, we can bless our life. And with our tongue, we can curse our life. What will you choose? Remember Deuteronomy 30. God said, I call, a lot of times we just like to say, uh, I've put death and life before you, choose life. But let's read that whole scripture. God said, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you because I put before you death and life. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. There is so much trouble that we find ourselves in because we don't know how to guard our mouth and our tongue. We don't know how to guard it. We don't know how to guard it. And I'm speaking to myself. There's very, it's easy when everything is going well and people are nice to you and you receive cards and all of that and you just want to bless people. But when somebody offends you in that moment, I know because I've been there in that moment. What do you speak back? What do you say about yourself when you fail? When you fall short in some area? What do you say about yourself? Well, there's two things that we have to do as we embark upon this series. Just laying the foundation today. There's a couple of things that we have to do if we're going to speak life going forward. If we're going to speak life going forward. We need to speak life. You have to understand that Jesus loves everyone. He came that we all, whomever will, whomever will. And so all of us, we have to speak life. and Stop being so self-centered. Speak life. Speak life. There's two things we have to do. First of all, we have to know God's word in order to speak life. Why? Because Jesus said in John 6, 63, that the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. Know what Jesus says and then you'll know how to speak life. In other words, read for yourself. Don't just quote some scriptures, church people, because other people quote them. You know how often I've heard things that people quote and they, they think it's in the Bible. People that have been in church their whole lives. And all of a sudden I say, you know what, where is that thing in the Bible? And I go and look, it's not even in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Just like that thing that I've said it many times about God will put on us more than, he won't put on us more than we can bear. It's not in the Bible. I've looked for, if you find it, please correct me. I'm, I'm all about being corrected. Don't get me wrong. Hope you know that I can be corrected. But I have looked and I have searched. And guess what? It's my job to read the Bible. Okay. It's my job. I get paid to do that. And so when I when I go through that, I've never seen that God won't put on you more than you can bear. In fact, all I've ever seen in the Bible is God putting more on people than they can bear. And you might say, well, what does that? That sounds terrible. No, all he's saying is, listen, if I be for you, who can be against you? If I'm for you, who can be against you? In other words, he's stretching us. He's putting us into position where we couldn't do it on our own. He's putting us into places that are going to grow us and we're going to have to depend on him. God, I can't do that. That's what I was waiting to hear you say because here I come to help you do it. My grace is upon you. My favor is upon you. I'm lifting you up to heights, new places. And so we can't just say things that we hear other people say. Read it for yourself, church people. Read it for yourself. So it's not just a cliche. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and the intent of the heart. Why do we have to know God's word in order to speak life? Because God's word is life. Do you know that you are living today because he spoke you into existence? I know he formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, but that was just a lifeless body. That was just the shell. Not until he breathed pneuma did life come. God was there in darkness. The universe was void. No light. And he didn't pray. He didn't go into his laboratory and put some chemicals together. What did he do? Let there be light. He spoke it. He spoke it. Speak to it. Speak to it. Let it come out of your mouth. Stop worrying about being embarrassed. What if it doesn't come to pass? Speak to it. God's word is life. So the first thing is we have to know his word in order to speak life. And the second thing is, listen, we have to know his heart. Here's why I say that. Again, this, this, some of you faith people, this might rub you the wrong way, but I'm only telling you what the scripture says and what God told me to tell you this morning. As much as we want Christianity to be a formula, it's not a formula. And we may look at it like that, and, I, and I'm not condemning you if you look at it like that. If, I, if, if it's, it's an if-then-else statement. You know, if you do this, because God has said that very often. If you would obey me, I would bless you. And, but then that becomes our whole world, if, then, else statements. And Christianity is not in a box of if, then. But we look at it as formulas. We have to know his heart. God wants us to know him, that when we speak his word, we speak life. Joshua 1 7, you know this, but this is the God's word translation says, only be strong and very courageous, faithfully doing everything in the teachings that my servant Moses commanded you. Don't turn away from them. Then you will succeed. There's the if then statement. Then you will succeed wherever you go. But he's saying, never stop reciting these teachings. Then he says this, you must think about them night and day so that you will faithfully do everything written in them. Only then will you prosper and succeed. The new King James says, only then will you make your way prosperous and be successful. You'll have good success, the King James says. You'll have good success. And so God is saying what? Don't just say words because I say them. Understand why I'm saying them. Understand the heart behind why I'm saying them. We have to know his heart. You know, let me bust a myth that some of the faith people have. He, he never, ever wanted puppets or parrots. He wants people that love him like he loves you. We cannot look at this faith thing as a formula. I understand why, why we do, but we have to understand why he says it, how he says it, the way that he says it. There's a reason behind all of those things. So if my quest is to know him, I must recognize this about him, that Jesus loves people. It's about people. There, there's a, I, I won't say his name, but there's a, there's a preacher that I love. And some of you may know, because I'm going to say this, he passed away recently. And I, and I loved his teaching. In fact, he really helped shape uh, some of, uh, of my uh, teaching, if you will, and uh, understanding. And I really loved it. But there is one thing, uh, no, well, not, maybe not just one. There's at least one thing that really rubbed me the wrong way. And it wasn't just with him, but it was, it's with people and Christians who have this thought, have this thought that, look, I'm going to do my part and you know, you do your part and I can't help what you do. And if you mess up and you're over there, that's on you. I'm doing my part. I know I'm going to heaven and I know God's going to bless me. If he don't bless you, then that's your fault. See, this, this, this theology is flawed. I understand it because we can't, we, listen, we can't save people. We can't make them do anything. I understand the thought behind it. I, I understand where it's coming from. You know, we we can't make people do stuff. And I look at that even as a a pastor. You know, I can preach the word, counsel, whatever it may be, uh, you know, but ultimately it's up to you and me to make decisions and what to do with our life. But I can't not care about what happens to you because Jesus didn't. His heart is broken when we don't make the right choices. And so if we're going to have the heart of God, we have to understand that Jesus loves people, all people, especially those that society ignores. It's not just about us in these four walls, folks. I mean, this is great on Sunday morning. We get together, we, you know, sing a few songs and praise the Lord and have a lot of fun. But this is not what life is all about. This is our break. This is the gas station. This is the this is taking a rest. You think you come in here doing a lot of work. Really, this is rest from life. When you leave here is when it all begins. That's when it begins. Therefore, I must know exactly how far he would travel for people, Jesus. I must know how far he would travel for people. To what distance would Jesus go? Jesus would sit with sinners at the risk of embarrassment from the Pharisees and Sadducees and religious leaders. He would go have dinner with sinners. He would talk to people. He would talk to a prostitute or the woman caught in adultery and send everyone else away. He would do those things. And I must know how far Jesus would go to do those things. Why? Because that's how far he's going to go through you. That means you're going too. That's how far he wants you to go. He wants to go in you. We have to know his heart. If we're going to say what Jesus says, we must know his heart and we must know why. Why are your words so important? Why is what you speak so important? Let me leave you with Proverbs 6.2. Proverbs 6.2 says this. In fact, why don't you flip over there if you have your Bible, if you have a way to get to Scripture. Flip over there because I just want you to see it. You know it. You've read it before, but I want you to see it with your own little two eyes. If you don't remember anything else from today, remember this from Proverbs 6.2. New King James Version puts it this way. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You know, so often we look at actions that we take, actions that we do. I shouldn't have done that thing. And that can snare us as well. But why does God in Scripture put so much emphasis on what we say? On what we say? You know, I remember my wife's dad and and talking to him on some occasions. And I remember a time when I was getting corrected by him. I'm an adult and I'm getting corrected by her dad. And he's talking, Patty, and he's talking and talking and talking. And if you didn't know her dad, you don't know. He could talk. And it came to a point where I said to myself, Dad, I'd rather you just give me a whooping than keep on talking. (laughs) There were times when my mother... She had four boys and she got so upset with her boys because we broke something or did something and wasn't listening to her. And, and she'd go grab the belt. That was the time of the belt. I know that was another time. It was the time of the belt back in the dark ages. They don't have that anymore. But there was the time of the belt and she grabbed the belt and we were scared. And, you know, we, we, we were more afraid when she was just talking to us, you know, leading up to the whooping. She's talking and talking. And finally I said, Carrie, she didn't just go ahead and hit us because this is killing me. This part is killing me right here. (laughs) You know, our words have such impact. Our words carry such weight, even more so. I'm not saying your actions aren't important, but our words carry so much more weight even than our actions. What you say, what you say. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about speaking to sickness, We're going to talk about speaking to obstacles, speaking to all of these things. Should we pray? Absolutely. We have to pray. But we have to learn how to speak to these things.